Hello, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the P3D Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Welch. I got Michael Lawing here with me. Hey, guys. What up, dude? And we got Michael Bean. Hey, how are you? It's the two Michaels and a Clayton. A two Michaels and a Clayton. Show. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yep, so P3D Podcast is a, um, a ministry of the Passage Church. And uh, here we talk about theology, we talk about Jesus, talk about uh, things going on in the church. I don't know. What else do we talk about? We talk about all kinds of stuff. We talk about everything. Talk about everything. There are no rules. We talk about life. The only rule is there is no rule. Exactly. That's a rule. Well, maybe the first rule is you don't talk about podcast. That doesn't make sense. No, that's <laughs> definitely not. No, talk about the podcast. If you, yeah, that's good plug right there. Hey, if you like the podcast and you listen to it, you know what would help us out? Why don't you share this thing? Why don't you yeah. tell somebody about it? Give it a like. Yeah, give it a like. Give it a thumbs up. Can you like things on Spotify or Apple? You can favorite Play them. Or music, Google Play. You can heart them. You can heart them. I don't know. It's yeah. the same thing. It works. I've never. I don't know if I've ever done that even once. I just put it in a playlist. Oh, well, or I'm just go. like, wow, what a great song, and I forget about it forever. No, but you would. You can tell people about the podcast. Right. You would it, do that. Yeah, we well, you know. Like, on, I don't know if if you. Do you use Spotify at all? Yeah, for music? Yeah. Like if you go to a podcast, it has like, it'll have like the most shared. Right. Like it'll like list it as that. So I don't know. I don't know how they track that. So, well, so today on the old P3D podcast, we are talking about, um, we wanted to talk about biblical manhood, kind of authentic manhood. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you guys just got back from the men's retreat that yeah, we had. We did. And uh, so, yeah, we could talk about that a little bit. And yeah. Basically, I just want to say, just like, oh, like we'll start this by saying, I think that most, like most men in the church, have a really poor definition of what it means to be a man, and like I think right out the gate, right out the gate, Dude, I'm just like, going to lay it out there. Okay, all right, not pulling any punches. No, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, in my spectrum, there's like this, there's like the the um, way too passive, like you know effeminate like like hyper emotional kind of like there's that end of it and then there's this like overly macho stoic end of it and i think both of them are wrong but like those are the two options you get (laughs) with dudes in the church um and you know if you if you know any of us here on this podcast you'll probably be able to pick which end of that spectrum we probably land on but yeah probably but uh (laughs) but i think we all we all tend towards one I don't know if anybody listened to that Mars Hill podcast. If you were oh, the, around um, when Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll the rise were and fall, thing, yeah, yeah, the rise and fall, Mark Driscoll. If you were around when Mark Driscoll like kind of got big, right? So he grabbed me immediately. I was like, "This is it!" Like I was just getting into the church, and like I thought the same thing. I was like, "Man, I don't want to come to church and just sing a bunch of love songs all day." And this is what I do, you know. I I just wasn't. I was like, where are the where are the men? Like, what's up? I want some manly things. Yeah. And so that's what they were talking about that podcast that he really grabbed people with that because he was like wearing black t shirts and you know he listened to punk rock music. He and yelled. People were smoking. Yeah. At he kind of like and yelled and it was like you know he did yell and it dude you know I mean he he was like it was like a charge to men to step up and and yeah. be men but it was leaning a lot of it was the machismo type thing that you're yeah. talking about so it's yeah. like. There's not that healthy balance, right? There, so there's either Mark Driscoll yelling at you to be a man, <laughs> right? Or you've got this guy over here in khakis and a polo. Nothing against people that wear khakis and polo. It sounds like there's something against khakis and polos. Well, I'm just saying. I, moving my on. Mom made me wear khakis and polos every Sunday to church and drove me crazy. But anyways, I think our pastor wore khakis and a He's polo. He's wearing them right now. On, he is last Sunday. 
Yeah, he's wearing. I think he's wearing yeah. it right now. Yeah, what's up with so we briefly before? I mean, we won't get too note. many tangents. All right. Tangent it's like overtime. Uh, so Michael and I were just noticing how sometimes, like, we're we're pretty consistent. We, we miss wear. the dress code memo. We miss the dress code memo, and we'll show up, and like Matt and Jason will be in uh, like khakis and a, and a polo, and we're like, like jeans and t-shirt, shirt tucked, tucked in. in, even yeah, just way way miss it. Well, Jason sure wasn't tucked in. That's true. That's fair. He was still he was still pretty cool with it. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Tangent. Let's tangent. let's divert back to our guest here. So let's, we have Michael Bean with us. <laughs> let's let's get back on track. <laughs> we go with we can go with with Mike as as you're affectionately referred to around our circles. Um, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how long have you? How'd you get here? Where'd you come from? How long you been here? What do you do? So last church I was at was in Texas. I was stationed there. I'm in the army. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to get out of the army. I'm retired to to this area for at least for the next couple of years. Um, so we got stationed at Fort Bragg. We were from Clayton when I originally went into the army. Uh, my wife said she didn't want to live around Fort Bragg, so it just seemed normal to come back to Clayton. So right. here we are. Cool, nice. In the army. What part yeah. of Texas? Um, Fort Hood, clean central Texas. Okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice, clean central Texas. Yeah, <laughs> not nice, but that, that's a word. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, cool. And you said you're getting out, so they're they're kicking you out, or you're choosing to leave? I'm retiring. Okay, a little so a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I could have stayed. I could have stayed till 24 to 2024. Then they would have kicked me out. Okay. All right. Well, you know, get while the getting's good. That's right. Cool. Well, the economy's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Let's get out now. Let's go jobless while everything's really expensive. <laughs> good call. Good call. Well, cool. Yeah. So, Mike, you came with us to the men's retreat this uh, this past week. What would you think, man? What are your initial impressions? I think it was great. Um, the level of class versus free time versus bonding time versus talking and 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 getting to know and get close to to other guys, it was great, for, especially for me. So, for, for every for the past twenty years, I've moved every two years, and I've refused to make friends, so I didn't lose friends. Fair enough. So. To be able to talk to a guy and, and put trust in a group of men, it was great. Yeah, that's cool. That's really important. And so where was, the retreat was in Asheville, yeah. right? Well, Black Mountain, or actually... It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Right down there, it's at Ridgecrest uh, Conference Center. Same place where we go for like youth uh, retreats and everything yeah. like that. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah. So you guys went up there, and how many days did you spend up there? We were there like... Two and a half? Yeah, two and a half days, yeah. Okay, cool. And so there was time, you mentioned there's like classroom time, there's lecture and stuff like that, but you guys also hung out outside of there. Yeah. How many people went? From our church, I, I don't know, probably about like 10. 10. I think it was 10. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we got to go out and, and play some golf. I got to whoop Mike on the on the golf course. I you did. Yeah. That, that okay. is, well, I beat the ground in submission. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, how, yeah. before you went on this trip, uh, did you know many of those guys very well? I knew none of the guys in my group except Michael at okay, all. Okay, cool. Yeah. Did it, uh, now that when then you came back this Sunday, like, I mean, do you feel like that helped you just kind of connect with some people? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because even you, last time we went to the escape room, you're like, I've never seen you at church. And then when, I know, when you I, actually gosh, see I somebody. I felt terrible. I was like, what's up, man? How do you know Michael? And you said, well, uh, I, I know him from church. And I was like, do you go to the patch? And he was like, I've been there for a year. And I was like, that's oh, okay. I'm the worst. Yeah. But, yep. but you don't notice people unless you know them. So right. to, to be able to talk to someone face to face and know them when I came last Sunday, it's like, Oh, there's Sean, there's yeah. Matt, you know, that kind of thing. That's the best part about doing like, I mean, I'm not a, 
I, I don't like organizing like purely social stuff. Like that's just not, I love for things to feel really organic, but I've kind of come around to it that like, man, yeah. just to, just so I can, because this hour that you're here on Sunday, it's not a great time to meet people. Right. Because no, especially, yeah. Because most so of your time is serving, filled, yeah. you know, like it's, I mean, 40 to 50 minutes of it is structured and you're sitting uh, or singing while standing. So you have that, <laughs> and and so you have like that little bit of time up front. If you get here on time, which you're in the army, so that yeah, always always happens. fifteen minutes. Always, <laughs> yeah. If you're early, you're on time. That's if you're right. on time, you're late. You're late. Unacceptable. That's right. So unless you're diligent to get here on time, and then you can hang out a little bit afterwards, you don't get really get to know people, right? And even so, the people you do know, like the the folks that we know, because Mike Mike and I are in a missional community together. Like those are the people you're going to talk to. Sure, like you're going to talk with me. You're going to talk with Alex or Anthony or you know William or or, or whatever. Right, and then you're going to go find your seat. Um, so I've come around on this idea of like just organizing like social stuff and but even like the men's retreat, it's really cool because you you have that element of like it takes a little bit of bravery, you know. And I think there were some guys like I mean there there were several different groups of guys that kind of all knew one person they were coming with. So like you know, Jason knows a good group, a good number of those people because he's, on, you know, on staff here part time. But then like Joey and Justin, like they only really knew each other and and Jason, and that was it. And then like, but then they met all those other guys. But now you know each other, um, and so it's kind of cool to like just expand this group of of guys that you can be like, hey, I know you, man. Like we we had a shared experience together. Well, and it was pretty shocking to me is that the first night or first morning, I can't remember when Tate, the speaker, said, you're going to be with a group of guys. I want you to get raw. I want you to get honest with them. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I don't know these people. There's no way. Yeah. But it seemed pretty organic, pretty pretty comfortable. And I feel like you kind of led the charge there. It's yeah. funny to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, as I was saying, it just felt felt right. Yeah, that's cool. Because you, you like shared really openly. We had another guy in our group that shared. Like he was just, I think like the teaching was really good for him. And he was just like, he was sharing, just like I'm struggling, and we were like, "Heck yeah! Like this feels this is real. Like we're doing stuff." Yeah, it, I've in the guy groups that I've been in, in like small groups and stuff like that. Um, so I always think it's great for guys to split for prayer, and guys and girls to split for prayer time because then you start getting real. And like one of the things that uh, when I was in my old, when we were at our old church, we split one night. We were in Bible study, or whatever. We had a new guy that had just come, and he didn't know us at all. And, uh, he kind of, he was just kind of quiet a little bit, but when we split and we started praying, uh, the leader of the group was like, Hey guys, I need prayer this week. Uh, looked at some things I shouldn't have mm-hmm. you know, needed some accountability for that. And right. then somebody else was like, Hey, yeah. And I, I was struggling with this this week and it got around to him and he was like, I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was fully planning on coming here tonight and not opening up and you guys just, straight up put it out there and this is this is it right here so i'm and then he opened up you know what i mean and it was like that bonding when you when guys feel like yeah somebody can relate to them they'll open up a lot more yeah okay so note on like the definition of authentic manhood like i think that thing like that is discouraged right so you have like if you fall on like that macho like i got it i'm in control i don't need anybody kind of into the spectrum it's like the idea of having to like share how I'm feeling about something, it's not only, it's naturally uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable no matter what your personality is. Yeah. But like, if you're on that end of that spectrum, you're going to be like, 
that's not for me. I'm not, I'm not doing that. So you may not even find yourself in a position to, to, to be able to share with God, like share testimony. Right. But like, it's one of those things where like, I see that and like, that's commanded in scripture. Like that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to like, you're supposed to get into one another's lives and, and share struggles in a way that you can encourage and admonish and equip one another. Um, so that's one of those ways that I think like our, like our current understanding of, of like what is, what is authentic biblical manhood is like way off. Cause it's like this macho, like I don't have any feelings kind of deal. Like, uh, yeah, you know, it, and it can be discouraging. I think for other guys who, especially guys who fall on the other end of the spectrum who are, um, a, a little bit more quiet and reserved and maybe are more emotional. Like they're the kind of guys who are going to cry at the end of a sad movie. Um, you know, or, you know, like the land before time. That, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Well, I can get into the never ending story. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's discouraged in society. I mean, yeah. just in, in the, the, the earth we live on, it's discouraged. Yeah. So, right. But I think once you get into a group and, one person breaks the ice and opens up. I think it gives permission for the rest of the guys in the group to open up. Yeah. It kind of takes someone or more than one person to kind of, cause I've had, I have had bad experiences. So like, all right, I'll bite the bullet. I'll share, um, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then it's like, everyone's like, Oh yeah, my, uh, my aunt's really sick and, um, my dog might not make it, you know, we're like, all right. Well, that was the level that we were shooting for, I guess. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I knew a coworker whose aunt. Yeah, the, that 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 bugs me too. It's like it's not wrong, but like like even in any whether it's mixed, you know, guys and girls yes. or just yes. guys, when you ask for prayer, and it's always like, well, I know a person, um, a friend of mine. They're really struggling with this thing. I was like, their coworker is, has like, is going to the doctor's appointment, and, and you know. yeah, and like I can't even discern how you're even connected to this person's problem besides the fact that you just know about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, cause like there's, we've have some like an ongoing prayer request for like one of our group members, brothers who was like really sick for a while. That totally makes sense. That's like your brother. Yes. You know, but it's like, Oh, I've got a friend who's, you know, their kid, you know, they, they were in the hospital. I'm like, and that's, that's good. But like, they're not, your friend's it's not, not here. personal. We don't know them. This whole thing is designed so that we can encourage you, not your neighbor who we don't know their name and will never meet, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like help us out here. So, uh, so yeah, it, I think it does take someone and sometimes it even takes multiple, multiple times of like being in the same room to, to like get the wall broken down. And, and I think with the current, current climate we live in with things that are discouraged, you said somebody in your group said they looked at some pictures they probably shouldn't have. And I'm sure a lot of people do a lot of things that are unwilling to come forward because they're thinking the rest of the group is going to belittle them or, or mm-hmm. demean them or they, they just have shame. Yeah, that's right. So it's like breaking down that wall of like, listen, there is no shame because you can't do anything that I haven't either done or thought about doing. And like that Exactly, kind of, right? Yeah. When you realize that other people have those same struggles, yeah. like I also feel the same way you do, man. Yeah, I struggle with that too. Yeah, you know, then it's like, all right, we got this, like, we got this okay. thing going on together. And then it like, because like, well, I, I, in, in the back of your mind, thing, you seem like a person who doesn't have any struggles. Like here you are telling me you have the same struggle as me. Like, and if you, you can walk with Jesus, so can I, you know. It's, that's the way, that's how I got I mean, that's how I came to know the Lord because I like Melissa had invited me to this small group. It's a different one, but uh, and I came there and I was like, man, these people, 
these are like real people. They actually are just like me because I had just had experience with church people and they were very churchy. Like, Yeah, not very real. Not, And maybe it was probably my heart too, like yeah. looking at those people, like I already come in here with this bias, you know, but like mm-hmm. I went into that group with Melissa, like, all right, well, I'm going, this girl that I really like is, she's invited me to this group, you know. <laughs> And, uh, we, we call that evangelating. Evangelating, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I've talked about it before on the on the show, maybe a little bit, but, um, but it was that group of guys. It wasn't just Melissa inviting me to church and me being like, "Oh, this girl, I, I like this girl," you know. It was like the group of guys that took me in and really discipled me there, and that that real authentic type manhood was yeah. there, and that helped me in that process. Yeah. So when you think authentic manhood, like like what what is like, like, what's what's the definition for 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 you guys? Like, when you when you think about that, it doesn't have to be like every aspect of it. like like what's at least one aspect of like authentic biblical manhood by your estimation? I think taking care and and providing for the family yeah. is, is is a big aspect for me anyway. Yeah, it is. Yeah, taking responsibility, right? Yeah. So like, when God came to Adam in the garden, yep. he was like, "Where are you?" Yeah, you know, like he came after him. He like, wanted to know what was going on. Adam and Eve had both made the mistake. Yeah, but he God came come, and God was like, "You're knocking. fixing to take. <laughs> he's, you're he's fixing like, to take responsibility for this." Adam. Yeah, <laughs> Adam's like, but it was the lady that you made. You made her. Yeah, totally, totally not authentic right. manhood, right yeah, there. Yeah, right? Adam goes, which is why Jesus is the true and better Adam. Yeah, right? like he, he, because he goes, he goes, it was the woman. So not him, the woman that you gave me, right? Yeah. She, so it's your, Pass the buck. Like, your two I faults. Mean, yes. Yeah. Everyone but me. Oh, what That's a right. bold thing to do, right? <laughs> like you, he, Adam knows God. Like he walked in the garden with him. And so he, then he's going to blame him for it. For <laughs> yeah. it. Like what a bold thing to do. Yeah. I'm not sure. necessarily smart, but bold. Yes, right. yeah. I can respect. I can respect <laughs> the level of boldness that took. Yeah. <laughs> to we, just we say good initiative, bad judgment. There you go. <laughs> right, that's it. Yeah, great initiative, Adam. But really, I if bad there was judgment. a second of hesitation at all, or if he was just like, nah, he had that loaded. He had that answer loaded. He's ready. He yeah. was ready because he'd been thinking about it. He was hiding in that bush over there, like trying to figure out how to make clothes out of leaves. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, how did we get here? Well, if if God hadn't made this lady. Wouldn't be in this situation. Exactly. Yeah, but the reality is, is that 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 one aspect because there were there were the three aspects or four aspects that, of authentic manhood that uh, Doctor Tate Cockrell gave us this past weekend that were really good. And the first one um, is um, is is take responsibility, and and I think that's huge. And like in the family, that was big for me um, because that was something that I've really had to develop over the years. To where, like, I just feel like I'm constantly learning how I can take more responsibility for my family. And not just, like, I think the easiest thing for guys is, like, the providing part. Right. right. Like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to win the bread. And it's like, man, yeah, if you're not doing that, it's really hard to do the rest of the stuff. <laughs> it's just, like, baseline. Yeah. Like, you've you've got to be you got to be a breadwinner. Now, I think there's situations where, like, you know, where... I don't know. Like I, I know. Yeah, we're getting in the dicey you know, territory dicey. with all that. But but you know what I'm saying. I think that's a primary task for in most for most men. That's going to be the situation. That's again. that's what they right. That's what the culture, at least for sure, would. Well, tell I have you. A, I have a friend who um, was paralyzed, right, and like is now wheelchair bound, and and most of the breadwinning comes from his wife. Um, 
that's a weird situation. So yeah. like obviously you can you can honor the Lord in that sure. situation. But for most of us, I think breadwinning is a big one. But like I think for a lot of guys, that's where it stops. And like I know my wife's dad, like that's where it stopped for him. He was like, I make the money, I provide the things, everything else. You do everything else. Like, the I, kids, that's your responsibility. I did my part. You know, like yeah. maybe I'll yell at them if they're if they're being disobedient. Um, but like, there's a lot of dads like that. Um, you know, my dad was totally absent. So I mean, yeah, you, know, you know. Well, you brought something up at the conference that that uh, I think is pretty important too is is allowing your kids and your family to see you apologize and be wrong. Oh yeah, and be oh, yeah. be real with them. Yeah, yeah. I'm wrong a lot, so there's tons of opportunities. <laughs> I had to apologize to my daughter the other day because I was I was irritated and she and she was kind of like just being insistent on her own way, and I was just feeling prideful, and I like kind of spanked her. It wasn't like in anger, but it was unnecessary, just because she was just insisting on a thing that I didn't think she needed to do. But like in the scheme of things, it, why did it matter to right. me? So I had to like walk it back and just be like, I'm. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Like it's it's not a big deal, you know. And she was like, "It's okay, Daddy." You know, like she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't remember it. But it's that it's that perspective. So here's another thing about the authentic uh, manhood with uh, parenting. Uh, Mike, do you have kids? Yes, four. Yeah. Okay. So you are well aware of this, probably. But like, uh, authentic manhood is knowing that your kids. Uh, yes, you were involved in helping bring them into the world, but you're really stewarding them, right? Like they're, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be there to shepherd, shepherd them like shepherding a child's heart, right? Yeah. Great mm-hmm. book. Great, great analogy for that. Because I mean, you're not collecting things that belong to you like that. You're not collecting your kids. and be like, these are my kids. They do exactly what I say. And so when they don't do what I say, I get really mad and I spank them unnecessarily or I yell at them or something like that. You're just like, all right, I'm here to serve God by shepherding these kids. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, that's my job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's an identity that's thing too. And like, we talk about this with husbands and wives where like you can get in this place where you think of your kids. Cause I know dads that I think probably we've said it, like they live vicariously through their kids. So it's like, I want my kid to succeed in sports and I want my kid to go to the best school and my kid's got to get the high paying job because that reflects good on me. Like, and, and I think moms in a different way, like they put their identity in their kids. And so then when our kids start doing something that we don't like, or, or maybe is objectively not good, we take it so personally that we're unable to do it right. to shepherd because there's not like that healthy like my identity is not my kids and my kid can make a mistake and it doesn't necessarily make me a mistake as a father. But like, that's the kind of the game that we play is like, I'm putting so much stock in what my kids are doing and who they are that if it doesn't pan out my, I'm going to be crushed. But like when our identity is in Christ, it's like, I can't, I can't be brought, I can't be brought down low because I like all of God's promises to me are yes in Christ. And so all I can do is shepherd this child who God gave me mm-hmm. to the best of my ability. And then, but, but like, so there's a, a little healthy separation there. Whereas like, again, we were talking about culturally, what does the right. culture say? It's like, no, 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 you got to be like, like, you know, your kids are your whole world kind of a thing. And like, I fundamentally disagree with that. And fill well, up every exactly, moment Exactly, because the kid, first of all, your spouse yeah. is yeah. above. One flesh. Yeah. You're not one flesh with your kids. You're one flesh with your spouse. Yeah, that's I, the only. Was it 
was it that Paul Washer uh, sermon where he was talking about, he yes. said, I'm going to say something very controversial right now, but if your kids and your wife and you are in a boat and it starts sinking and you can save one of them, you got to save your save wife. Save your wife, yeah. You know, like yeah, that. Right. And that I feel like is the opposite of culture. Yeah. And like, um, that's a crazy hypothetical, it's but it's crazy and such a tough, but that's from Paul Washer's study of, of like that, the phrasing of Genesis and Genesis one and two, that like the two shall become one flesh. There is apart from Christ in the church, there is no other language like that in the Bible. So it's unique. Right. And like you, your relationship with your kids is important, but 